1: Welcome to another edition of Talking Ying. Jeff Erickson, Chris Liss here uh, after week eight. And after a day, the day after, uh, where there's so many crazy things going on, there's so much to talk about just from the time we finished our show, Chris. Like what? what what's well, let's start off. let the show. Let's start off with the Cleveland Browns. We talked about the, the news broke that they fired Hugh Jackson on air. It came out, I, I think, I don't know if it came out towards the end or even after our show that they also fired uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator.
2: Uh that Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. I was doing other stuff. Sasha and Heather just got home. I didn't realize they fired Haley. Good. Good yeah. riddance to that dude. I never liked that dude.
1: So he's gone. Uh Greg Williams is the interim head coach for now, defensive coordinator. Uh they are just turning it over. I mean, and they face the Chiefs this week, you know, and Dorsey is the former GM of the Chiefs. All kind of crazy timing here. Uh for all this. So let's let's start there. I mean, we spent some time on the XM show talking about this, but it, it's just been a bowl full of crazy. I mean, I, I feel like they've been trying to go out of their way to kind of just throw out the trash and, you know, you know say good riddance to bad rubbish uh, with some of the players like Casey Coleman trading away Josh Gordon, which, by the way, turns out we've got news on him, too. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, you know, it, it's they, they miss the talent, but, you know, because they're, they're, they their wide receiver situation is pretty tragic right now. Uh, but it's kind of just really crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. They were 0 and 16 last year. So nothing in the short term matters. I got into this on the, uh, on the real man, with Dalton, he was saying, isn't, are you going to stop defending Gruden? And I was kind of like, what do you mean? Gruden's doing a great job. He's getting picks. What else can you do except blow it up? Who cares how bad the product is right now? And so you know, none of the, none of the current stuff really matters, but it's like, is he, I mean, are they building anything? You know, they traded, they traded Gordon for a fifth round pick and we can get into Gordon in a second, but what are they doing? You know, like why did, why do they go into the year with Hugh Jackson and Haley? If they're going to fire him in mid season, I mean, you've got Baker Mayfield, you're trying to develop him. Why are you messing with him with crap coaches then? Like, why wouldn't you make this move in the summer or in the, in the winter?
1: I, I think that they, they wanted to give Hugh another chance was the line that Jimmy, Jimmy Haslam was saying. Uh, and wanted to have some sort of stability, and that was the opposite of stability. There, uh, instead, just adding Todd Haley just created a volatile mix. I get the feeling that Todd Haley doesn't play well with others. Uh, that there's a reason why Ben wanted him gone in, in Pittsburgh. That they never really mixed well. You know, Haley, Haley's uh, tenure as a head coach in KC was pretty combustible too.
2: Was he the head coach or was he the coordinator?
1: I thought he was the head coach. Now I got to look all this up here, but I'm sure, you know, we'll keep talking here. But I thought he was the head coach. Uh, But, you know, it always sounds great uh, when you you speculate on air and then you say something stupid. But here we go. Uh, He was,
2: uh, you know, looking at pulling up his page and we'll kind of. I remember I I used to go crazy when uh, Jamal Charles was not getting enough carries and Thomas Jones was getting 20 and Jamal Charles was getting 12 every game and it was frustrating. Yeah, I'm right. He was
1: the head coach for 2009 to 2011 with the Chiefs. He was offensive okay, so right coordinator before, the Cardinals right before
2: Reed took over.
1: Yeah. So, and then he's been the he was the OC for the Steelers from 2012 to 2017 and for 8 weeks this year with the Browns. Now, I I can't wait to see like the behind the scenes stuff leak out cuz
2: you know it's going to. Right. Exactly what happened. right? I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to know from the outside. Dorsey sounds like a bad, just like a, an entitled douche. You know, I, it just sounds like a bad guy. I could be totally wrong about that, but it just seems like, you know, they had these picks that were given to them by the prior organization. And they, I mean, they, I mean, first of all, they signed Tyrod Taylor and knowing they had the first overall pick, They signed Carlos Hyde, then drafted Chubb, then traded Hyde for what? Like nothing. I'm not even sure why the Jaguars traded for him. It's like they've gone back on everything they've done. They basically, they signed a QB for no reason. Or they traded for Taylor, actually, right? They traded something to the Bills and then signed Taylor. Or was Taylor a free agent? Uh, I think he was traded for. I don't know. Uh, Again, you ask. Anyway, they acquired Taylor. They acquired Hyde uh for no reason. And then they... uh, retain Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley for no reason. Right. They acquire Todd Haley for no reason. Basically all the stuff they did, they're now just undoing. Yeah. And
1: it's, yeah, they, they first were undoing what they thought were Sashi Brown's messes. Uh, now it's, it sounds more like their own messes. So, and here we are, well, they're, they're redoing. At
2: least, at least, maybe they, maybe they are the kind of guys that understand the sunk cost at least. You know what I mean? I'll give them credit for that. You're right about that. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he's doing it. Maybe he knows what he's doing. It just, it sounds, it, it sounds sloppy. Basically.
1: I, I see. I think that, I think that it starts with the ownership. Hey, we'll commit to doing this different method. Sure. Let's go for it. Oh wait, we went on 16. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Even though the, that was the plan all along tank tank re- accumulate talent, accumulate draft picks, And then profit later when we have all this talent in hand, it's doing like much like the Houston Astros, you know, for baseball. And it just didn't work. It just, they didn't, they didn't see it through.
2: Yeah. It's tough though. It's easy to say in theory. And then when you're own 16 and you're an embarrassment in your own city as an owner and the fans don't get what you're doing, the pressure kind of mounts, right? Like, I think that's kind of what happens. And it's one thing to say, look, let's just start over again it's quite another to go 0-16, right? 4-12 and 12 doesn't really stand out that much. Right. 0-16 right. is really bad. It's really embarrassing. It's,
1: embarrassing it's, a bad. Of, it's a It's a joke. But the thing is, last year, they had so many close losses.
2: You know, the biggest— Yeah, it was a strong 0-16, as we've said. It was a very powerful
1: 0-16. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, you know, it, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's definitely the GM's fault. we got to stick by Hugh because we dealt him a bad hand. <sighs>
2: I I don't know what that. I I have no idea why. I don't know what that's about. But it it is interesting that that you like football is like religion to people, man. Like there's just people who, if you're a Browns fan, like that's who you are as a human being. Like you think that that's who you are. It's not who you are. You're you're fucking deluded. But you think that's like literally who you are. It's a huge part of your identity. And so it's very easy to say, oh, I'm a stats guy. We know, you know, statistically that tanking and getting good draft picks is the way to rebuild. And it's very simple. You just do this, but you're not realizing, (laughs) I don't think, you know, that's very easy. Like, you know, to say from like behind your computer monitor, having no accountability for it. But well, I think, I think it's probably harder than it is now. Maybe they should still do it. And they actually did it. I mean, they took the own 16. It's kind of dumb to fire him then. Right. It's like, they got the own 16. They were going to, I think if they had competent management, they might've, had a seven and nine season this year.
1: Here's the other thing too. I mean, don't you think also that, you know, it was a case there like, Oh, you know, people aren't renewing their season tickets. Not as many people are coming. I'm losing money in the short term. I can't have that. You know, you know, it's impossible to lose money in the NFL, but well, no,
2: but I think we underestimate, uh, first of all, we, we over, I mean, you and I don't, but I think we overestimate like how successful these billionaires are, these quote billionaires. I think, you know if you have like the Paul Allen who just died, but like you know who has twenty five billion or whatever it is, then it's fine it doesn't really matter any of that stuff, but if you have like one and a half billion, most of which is tied up in the team, and then you've been divorced twice, you've got to pay child support for not only your wife but then like your your you know your full grown kid is sort of a second generation Dilettants and he's not doing anything, and you got to pay for his kids and their problems. And then somebody else is suing you because you are a scumbag and you rip somebody off, and your lawyers are, you know, costing a lot. And then this other business that you have is failing. And then you invested with Madoff that happened in baseball. And, like, yeah, you're a billionaire on paper because the team's worth, you know, a billion dollars and you have some other assets, but your cash flow is pinched and you actually, you're actually worried about revenue. Did like sell that, the damn you know, team. The, but yeah, well you should, you should, right. You re- absolutely should, but you know, it's sort of a can't fail investment and it's who you are as a person and you don't want to do it. So these guys, we think, Oh, there's owners. Come on, man. Who gives a shit? Like, so you're going to lose some money from revenue from ticket sales. Like you lose a few mil here, a few mil there. Big deal. You're a billionaire. What do you care? Let's put a winner on the field. But I think more of these guys than we realize are, um, financially strapped i know that sounds crazy but that they're like actually you know the cash flow is an issue otherwise it makes no sense of course you would win right i, I think some of these guys have cash flow issues
1: in april 2013 the fbi executed a search warrant and an affidavit detailing a five-year fraud scheme by the pilot j flying chain pilot flying j chain this is jimmy haslin's company the company right. paid restitution to customers and agreed to pay a 92 million dollar penalty pursuant to a criminal enforcement agreement so yeah you got something there
2: Probably had to borrow to, to pay that, you know, he's probably strapped. I mean, a lot of these guys, obviously the will ponds were strapped a lot. The Dodgers before they sold were strapped. I mean, you know, it's weird because if you had these tech oligarchs, which I don't want, they're already screwing up enough, enough things in society. But if you had like the Google guys and Bezos owning teams, this kind of stuff would be, it would, it wouldn't even ever happen. They would just spend the money. They wouldn't care about any of that. Yeah, and so... That, that would be some true analytics nerds running, the, running baseball, like everyone's clamoring for. Just get like Silicon Valley to each own a team. They'll tank. They'll go own 16 for five years. They'll do it for 10, 20 years. They'll do it so People fast, will they'll make your head spin. Win.
1: Yeah. When? Do it so fast, they'll make your head spin.
2: You know, they, they'll be like, I don't know. The, the best plan analytically is to take 10 years of zero wins. Load up the roster.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think... It, I, I think that that you're right that that's an issue and I you know we had this discussion earlier too about ownership in the NFL how like you know it's the you know the originals were were great men you know great franchise builders you know built the league and all that and their offspring are just these goofball dilettantes that haven't had a day you know worked a day in their life and they're just entitled to all this this status and wealth and all that and they, you know, just the status of being a team owner. You know, there's exceptions to this rule, but that they're definitely not the same caliber of person.
2: Right. There's rare exceptions, but it's like, it's kind of like you grow up in a tough neighborhood. You're probably going to be a tough guy. Then you get rich and you raise kids in a nice neighborhood and send them to a private school. They're probably not going to be tough, you know, and just transfer that into like being hungry to do whatever it takes to have a skill set that allows you to be a great business person and owner of a team. You probably never get it. You know, because you just never—you didn't grow up in that neighborhood. You didn't. You're not hungry, and they—they they went to Harvard and all that. But so what? You know, anyone can. You went to Northwestern. You know what it's like. You can bullshit your way through college. You can. Are you it. implying I did something of that nature? <laughs> I did. Lot? I certainly did. Yeah. Amherst College. I certainly faked it.
1: Yeah. Uh, there you go. So that, that I thought that's it. So don't, what? Do we see any tangible changes to the team because of all this turnover? Like to the players, um, to our, for, for our purposes.
2: No. I mean, what, what can they do? You think they're going to make a trade? They, they're not going to make a, a go for a trade, the Browns. I mean, no. who are they going to trade away? They're not going to trade Mayfield. They could trade Tyrod Taylor. I don't know who really wants him, but they could trade him. They could trade – there's really no one to trade. They could trade Jarvis Landry. I guess he could be traded.
1: They could. They could, but they just, they just added him.
2: Uh, that hasn't stopped him before.
1: No, but Landry's not – Landry actually has value. That's the reason why he, it's probably a good idea to do it. But yeah, you never know. Trade but that, see, that's entry. what what would Sashi Brown do? That's what we, they should be asking themselves. Yeah, I mean, we don't know that
2: Sashi Brown is a genius. He's just no, doing no. What
1: Gruden, I agree with you on that.
2: When he just did what Gruden did. He's basically tanking and got a bunch of picks. We'll see. You know, I mean, that's it's just so funny that Sashi Brown is like the patron saint of analytics and Gruden's like this idiot just because he's made one comment about analytics, but they're doing it's the not exact just same that thing. that one
1: comment on analytics. It's, let's bring in the guys that
2: used to be good chain too. Hey, well, I mean, I talked to Dalton about it. it's like, Oh, Doug Martin, who's like 28. Oh, what a, what a franchise killing acquisition, like big deal. Jordy Nelson
1: will take care of our, you know, replace Michael Crabtree, who was, who was kind of crappy anyhow, too. Uh, he, do,
2: he does replace Michael Crabtree. He's exactly a Crabtree-esque type of receiver at this stage of his career. Boy. That, there's zero need for him, but he actually does. I'm amazed replace. that you got
1: so much out of Derek Carr against me uh, this week, despite Nelson and uh, Martavis Bryant doing nothing. Oh, yeah. F- don't forget trading away. Uh, was a third-round pick or a second-round t-
2: pick for, for Martavis third, Bryant? Third for Martavis.
1: Yeah, that, that was brilliant.
2: Well, I, 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 again, I'm on board with that. Like maybe they should have given a fourth or whatever because the Steelers had really no use for him. But Martavis Bryant, if he ends up going, well, we'll talk about Josh Gordon in a second, but easily could have blown up and been good. Yeah. The guy was like, he's six four, two fifteen, runs a four, four. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they overpaid, but you know, when, when the Patriots paid a, a fifth for Gordon, let's say Gordon gets suspended again and he gets cut, are they gonna be like you idiots You gave up a pick for Josh Gordon. No, everyone's like, that's a, that's a great gamble. Martavis is kind of like another version of that guy. They paid a third, it's higher than a fifth, but still. That's
1: right. That's right. Um, so let's talk Josh Gordon. And then I want to talk Gruden because there's other things I want to talk about Gruden, but Gordon, uh, has been tardy at least a couple of times, including today. He's going to be benched for the Monday night game for part of it. A couple of series a disciplinary
2: measure. Um, what do you say about this? What can you say? Well, first of all, this is a slap on the wrist. I mean, Belichick, freaking Jonas Gray, got four touchdowns, 200 yards, overslept one day, and he was cut and never really played in the league again. It's like a pra- practice squad guy. He's out of the league. So that, you know, that's the full wrath of Belichick. Yeah. The fact that he's just missing a couple series is like, we need this guy. We want to win the Super Bowl, and this guy's good enough to. This is like a really light punishment for b- being tardy multiple times. It's like. Josh Gordon, it's it's a obviously he's there's something up with him. There's some sort of issue, not that he's like on, not that he's, you know, getting drunk or anything again. But it's like, dude, fucking show up on time, you know? It's like just fucking show up on time. What like, the fuck is your problem? But obviously he has a problem. He has like some kind of a problem. Like it just, either, I don't know, I can, I don't know what it is. But you know, there's people that like they undermine themselves. They do things sort of in spite of what they know is good for them to create a situation for some reason. Right, they make self-waiting well, decisions.
1: They do that all the time. Yep. They do what? Self-waiting de- decisions. You know, they, 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 they hurt themselves no matter what. You know, they can't help it. They just have to do it.
2: Well, I mean, I, I feel like people have a choice, but, you know, they, they end up taking the other choice. And, like, it's, you know, there's pressures there. There's issues that, you know, most people probably couldn't even imagine entirely, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, this is why I didn't draft him this year anywhere. And I, you know, I love Josh Gordon. I love the talent, but it's like, I don't want to deal with someone who has drama. I don't care if some guy smokes weed in college or what I thought it was at the time. I just don't want someone who has ongoing drama. I guess it's the same knock on Martavis, Bryant. It's like, just don't always have an ongoing drama. Just fucking show up and play. Right. Fine, you smoked weed, it's no big deal. They shouldn't have busted you that much, but they did, so now get it together and play. But it's always one thing or another. We'll see. I, I hope I, I would love to see them win a Super Bowl and Josh Gordon be a big star in the Super Bowl. I'd love to see that, but it's not trending that way.
1: No, it isn't. Uh going back to Gruden real quick, it's a little tiny stupid thing. But watching the game yesterday, there's about four minutes left in the game, three and a half Colts just went ahead by two touchdowns. They just did their just got their go got their their second score. I think it was the last max score, uh, and yeah, the the, the uh, or no or maybe the, the they had just they had just punted, but the 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 uh, Raiders weren't. Call, yeah, okay, no, the Colts had the ball and they were just running out the clock or whatever. There's four minutes left. They're just running the ball. They're, they're, it's four minutes. They're down two touchdowns. Game's not completely over doesn't bother to call timeouts doesn't bother yeah. at all and then yeah. even when they get the ball back you know they're not they're not running hurry up they're not calling any timeouts they just oh game i don't care it's like they purposefully were punting at that point right but and maybe that's also correct maybe it is but no one said anything on the broadcast it was like is is this just you don't do you not is it, right tip he, the king yeah, he was, maybe he really was tipping the king. That's the classic thing to do. We don't want to drag this game out anymore. You can't let the boys get hurt.
2: Right. But it's like, right, if you have the ball down 14 or, or you can get the ball back with two or three minutes, I mean, you got to score a quick touchdown and do the onside. It's like you're not dead. You're not down 30. If you're down 30, then fine. Just yeah, let it, it just run. you right. You know, you got maybe a 1% chance. But you 1% scored 28 is real. points in this game, too. You know, yeah, it's, you, your offense has actually been functional. Yeah, it doesn't pass the airplane test, being down two scores. I mean, so you should you should try. I agree. I, I think it's kind of weird. Um, I, you know, I, again, I I don't really want to defend Gruden saying he's a great coach, but I said, I said this to Dalton thing, and I'll say it here. Basically, we know that he won one Super Bowl. He took a shitty Raiders team in the '90s and got them to the playoffs. They were 12 and four one year under him. He took Gannon, who was kind of a journeyman, and won an MVP. And now he then he went to ESPN for a bunch of years and made money and now he's back and he drafted a guy who looks like a bust in the first round. Some lineman that Dalton was saying sucked. He's made some weird signings. He probably shouldn't have traded a third for Bryant. but then again, he made great trades for Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. He's like rebuilding. He's getting the franchise rebuilding, which is the most important thing. It doesn't matter that he signed Doug Martin. I mean, who cares? Um, And so on balance, it seems like, if I knew nothing else about him, I'd say he's probably at least a decent football mind. Also, if you look at the offense, it's not some anachronistic shitty offense. It, it's pretty good. I mean, they don't have good players, but it seems pretty good the way they throw to the backs and get Cook involved. And Carr seems to be a very mediocre player, but the offense doesn't look prehistoric, does it?
1: Um, you're right about that. I don't think it does entirely. No, but I. <laughs> They just yeah I I yeah I'm I'm confused at some of the things they're doing. That's all, and maybe there really is value in being higher like that much higher in the draft. Maybe it's worth it to to punt a game or two. You know that we've always kind of assumed that there's not much difference between drafting first and third or third and fifth in the draft.
2: People trade up a lot though if there's two QBs and you're drafting third or second, and let's say like there's a team well, you know, let's say there, there's a team like the Niners who's drafting super early or the Cardinals. And you don't think those teams are going to take a QB. So you, you know, that the four pick or the three pick is the one you want to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that people trade up for that. I don't know that he's consciously taking, I mean, I don't want to read minds. I'm just saying all we know is that the guy had a lot of success his first go round twice. He did it twice, two different teams. Yeah, And then he's back now and he's he kind trading of parachuted player. in
1: on the second one, though, with the Bucks. Tony Dungy had laid the groundwork. That team was already a good team.
2: Fine. Sure. It was a great defense. It was a, like a historic defense, but it didn't fall apart when he showed up. It no. did even better. And then the offense was good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And that was the second team he was with. And now he's back and he's trading away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper for picks. And yep. people are like, oh, he's an idiot. It, it Just to me, it makes no sense. It's just because he said one thing we're in a society where you say the wrong word about wrong thing and, and people who are in one camp or another, that's it. You're dead to them. You're the worst. You're, you said the thing. It's so dumb. It's really stupid uh, to me. If you look at like, you know, basically the guy's been a successful coach. Does that mean he'll be successful going forward in this era? Maybe not, but I would say like knowing nothing else, I would think he's probably a good coach.
1: Yeah. I, I may, is he going to be a good GM? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, right. And it's weird that he's had all these contracts, you know, possibilities in the past. Right. And he turned them all down, stayed in retirement, stayed in broadcasting, and then took this job. You know, that, that's well, this the, thing is the best job.
2: Gets... This is the best job. It, it paid him 10 years, a hundred million. So that you're never, you're not going to beat that. Yeah. And he's got control. It, you always, you always want to get control. And you always want to take it on a train wreck because it's a historic franchise. It's extor. you know, it's, it's, he, and, and he's, you know, he's been there before and you, you always want, you don't want to take on the Patriots after Belichick. That's a nightmare. That's a terrible job. Brady and Belichick are gone. Now, it's, now you go run the Patriots. Who the hell wants that job?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right. This is a good as point as any to kind of do our uh, read here. Let's uh, thank our sponsor, Fantasy Draft. Uh, I neglected to kind of say something at the beginning. Uh, Fantasy Draft is sponsoring all of our drafts. Uh, thank you for that. They this week, got a lot of good things for him at FancyDraft.com. If you don't already have an account there, check it out. Uh, One of the things that they feature are super flexible lineups. For instance, for the NFL, there's no kicker, and you can draft four running backs if you want. A lot more flex options. In the NBA, the lineups are even more flexible. You want five guards and two centers? No problem. A couple of features that they have, a couple of the contests they have this week. Uh, we got the thousand hundred run-and-gun weekly feature. It's a GPP, $25 buy-in. They have it. I shouldn't say week. They have it. Uh, it also, the $500,000 Fancy Draft Championship. $100,000 to uh, first place. And weekly qualifiers are happening right now. It's a Week 16 final. Finally, uh, for head-to-head contests, it's rake-free. For all contests under two hundred dollars, half the rake for uh, the other, other than the other guys for the rest. So that means if you and your friend both enter a hundred dollar head to head, the winner gets two hundred dollars, and Fantasy Draft won't take any fees. Uh, quick call to action: There's a free four dollar GPP ticket uh, with the initial deposit. Just sign up with refer code RotoWire. Go to Fantasy Draft, refer code RotoWire. Thanks to Fantasy Draft for sponsoring this. All right. Um, I want to talk about a couple other news items too. Uh, the Bucks have named Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter this week, uh, over Jameis Winston after Winston imploded against the Bengals.
2: Yeah. We talked about it on the XM show and it seemed like that was the obvious thing, but then you pointed out, well, they kind of have to find out about Winston before next year, but a Dirk cutters coaching for his job. B, as we said, like you can't, even though like long-term it's better to tank, if you're not going to make the playoffs and the bucks probably aren't in the short term, like people care, you know, people actually care about the product uh, fans of the team. Yeah. And then also um, there is a morale thing with the team where it's like, well, this guy's so much better. The receivers prefer playing with them. I mean, at some point, like you got to be accountable, you know, you right. can't just be a first overall pick. And that means like you skate forever no matter how badly you play, like other team, other guys on the team, if they make one error or miss a block or miss a tackle, they're benched. They can be cut. So yeah. at some point, you know, I think having like it be a meritocracy is it may be like again on paper, like, Oh, just tank. Who cares? Let's see what you have in Winston. You probably cut him, but maybe he'll be great. But you know, it's, you don't play, you don't coach and manage an organization on paper. At some point it's like, dude, this guy's been way better. Right, so he's got to play. Even,
1: you can say moral hazard, but it's not even that because you know it's not just his job on the line; it's probably the entire coaching staff.
2: And right? yeah.
1: they're, they're still within reach. Now they're three and four. Maybe not a winning the division. Saints are six and one. Funny how that the only loss was to the Bucks in Week One, and right. here we are now. But you know, they, there's you know, there's still wild card possibilities, and even possibly I've seen teams catch up from three games down. It happens. They'll get head to heads against the rest well, of the division.
2: They'd have to go on a sick run because they got everybody else in between them too. It's not just, of course it's it's not just the saints and it would, I mean, it's not going to happen, but when you're, you know, when you're a team that's three and four and you're, you're competing, you don't, it's not up to you to figure out the odds. The last thing you want to do is say, well, we have a 1% win, you know, playoff probability. So let's tank like, no, no, you can't think like that as a franchise. You got to think let's play until it's no longer until we're out. And once we're out, then we look at the future. It's just, you might say, well, that's dumb mathematically. You got to know that you're unlikely. It's like no, because then if you're doing that, then you're you're basically in the short term, you know, or, or in in like a, the medium term, that's correct. But in the long term, just fighting for whatever you can get until it's a certainty is just a good way to go about life. You know, it's like if you you don't you don't say, oh well, I'll never make it as an actor, I'll never make it as a musician, I'll never make it in this industry. There's only one in a thousand people who make. You know, it's like you could do that your whole life. You know, but at a certain point, it's kind of like no, you just try your best until you really can't until you hit the wall until it's impossible. And then you quit, you don't quit because of the odds, right? You know, you quit when it gets to zero. And, and I I just, again, I think it's a disconnect between sort of like the, uh, you know, the statistical way to run it and the reality of just the way I I think it is, you know, it's just, I think you got to, the players have to play until they're truly eliminated or, you know, three and eight or something like that, you know, until it's like really out, out of hand and then you can start looking toward the future. And they still would have plenty of time to evaluate Winston. So I don't know. I'm fine with the move. I mean, it sucks for me in the uh, two QB league we're in, but whatever it is, what it is. I, I could have traded him for Brady, by the way, I was offered Brady straight up for Winston a couple of weeks ago. And I turned it down because Winston had his buy and I was like, ah, well, you know, he's had his buy and like in a two QB league, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, that bye week is so valuable to have used it up. You know, even though I said that and I didn't want to deal, I should have just taken the deal.
1: Now that Was was Fitzpatrick held on to, or has he been dropped? He's probably been dropped. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I, I guess there's ways to look that up. But, uh, you know, my turn to ask the, a question that I could look up instead of asking you.
2: Right. Well, it's not important. I mean, obviously, someone with more fab than me is going to get him in that case. That's true, because you blew it all on Alfred Morris. Exactly. No, no, no. I did not. I did not. Other league. Other league. Okay. Yeah, I blew, this, I blew it on Julian Edelman, who I... But I actually that was smart because I dropped Edelman to make to keep Greg Olson, who you dropped, and then I immediately got Edelman back. So those were all good moves. It just you know did what I, I should I probably should have picked up Fitzpatrick for free, but you know where I am i I was mostly like I'm not playing defense like oh, I better back up my quarterback with an extra roster spot, even though I've got levy on Bell and fournette. You know, like, there's no way I'm going to do that. You know, that, that makes no sense. PNL still PNL is holding on to Fitzpatrick. He has well, him. Well, he didn't have him. It was Payne who had him. So he must have picked him up last week.
1: Must have. There you go. So, and then Huevos, I'm
2: sure. And, he, and he's the one who was loving Winston so much. Yeah. That, yeah, he picked up Fitzpatrick. Time
1: is a flat circle after all. Yes. I got to see if Fitzpatrick's owned in Huevos, too, for that matter. Because uh, everywhere else, he's going to be available. There's going to be very, you
2: know, most people. No, I mean. In a one QB league, I mean, you might pick him up and get use out of him, but it's pretty easy to find QB value. Uh, he's available in Huevos, by
1: the way. So that All Right. Well, We'll see. See uh, how much. Yeah, see how much. Uh, who has the most fab, basically. Uh, there's someone that's got 100 and another one that's got 99.
2: Anyone who has 100 or 99 is not bidding on him. Yeah. Uh, Evans has 93. He's probably bidding oh, on Ev- him. Evans will get him. Yeah. Anyone who has a full amount of fab is probably checked out and not really taking it seriously.
1: That's what I would think. But uh, there you have it. I only have 41 in that league, so I'm not getting him. I'll, I'll put the uh, keep him honest bid in there, but knowing that I'm not going to get him. You've got five because you always spend your fab early. I always spend it. Yeah. All right. So I, you know, I like the I like the move. I, I think it's the right decision. Maybe uh, I think well for. I, I've seen some criticism of it because, you know, as in like, well, it's results oriented, they're not doing the right thing. But I think they are doing the right thing. I think he's the better of the two guys. He, right.
2: He's, Again, I, I can't emphasize it enough that like the, the narrow focus on, oh, well, the, you have to look for the future. The season's over. Like you're not taking into account like an actual real life team. Right. You're acting like it's like played on a spreadsheet. It's just not like you, you are sending. There are people that are influenced by your decision. They are seeing how you run your team. There are other second order effects that you're not even it's not just simply like, well, they're out of the playoffs. They're not going to make playoffs. They have a two percent chance to they have a 0.04 percent chance to win the Super Bowl. So that's not worth it. They should. You know, that's just not how it's, that's just not how it is.
1: And you can argue that we already know what Fitzpatrick is and this is not him. But with the same personnel, they're better
2: with him. Right. I mean, look, Rich Gannon is not wasn't as old as Fitzpatrick, but he was a journeyman right. for like eight years. And he, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Well, um, Gannon got to Gruden's Raiders and won MVP. Yeah. And then two years later, took him to a Super Bowl with. Um, remember that guy's name was the guy who succeeded uh, Gruden in in Oakland. But um, it's coming to me. But whatever, who cares? Uh, Callahan. The, the po- Callahan, Bill Callahan. I mean we don't know for sure. I mean he's probably not the future but whatever. You just you, you play him, give the team a chance to win. Maybe they end up 5 and 4 in a couple of weeks and it's exciting. There's something to play for.
1: Yeah, maybe so. So uh, and yeah, I think they're going to have a pretty decent schedule left too. I mean, you know, they first of all they get their division which there's really not too many bad spots to be in there. Um, you, you start with that as your starting point, and then you look at uh, going forward. I, they have the, I know they have the Ravens. That will be a tough one coming up at some point. Uh, but what what
2: they have going forward. The Ravens aren't Car- that good, though. The Ravens aren't such a good team. At but Baltimore, I, I, I think that will be a pretty I've tough i suckered spot. into taking the Ravens minus two on the road. That was dumb. Even my number said to take Carolina. I was like, no, I have a Ravens fielding. That was stupid.
1: Yeah. I think I did the same. I think I was badly off on that. At Carolina, home against the Redskins, at the Giants, home against the Niners, Panthers, Saints, at Baltimore in week 15, first round of the playoffs in most leagues, at Dallas. Uh, so, bad playoff schedule uh, if you happen to get that far with Fitzpatrick. But, you know, you just get there and you worry about what else has happened because, you know, one injury can change everything as far as those looking ahead matchups. So, I, I usually don't look ahead that far ahead. Anyways.
3: Yep. Yeah. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. If you're looking for a credit card that fits your lifestyle, look no further. U.S. Bank has credit cards that make every day rewarding, no matter what you're into. Feeling hungry? Check out the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. And get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. That'll keep your wallet and your mouth full. Big spender? The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card has a low intro APR for large purchases or balance transfers. And you call the shots with the U.S. Bank Cash Plus Visa Signature Card. Choose two categories each quarter. Earn 5% back on your first $2,000 of eligible purchases from those categories. So don't just get a credit card. Get the right card to make every day more rewarding. Cashback, merchandise, travel rewards, and low intro APRs are waiting. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: All right. Other things I want to talk about. Uh, Love Bell. We talked about this at the very end of the show, uh, and it, it's a weird spot. You know, we just don't know what's going to happen still. That's the funny thing. You know, we've gone this far, and there's still no talk today, you know, about is, is he going to play going forward? We don't know. And what happens when he, do, when he does come back. The thing is they, if they, if he did, comes back late this week there, you know, they face the Ravens at the Ravens this week, then they have the short week against the Panthers. So you might not see him until November 18th against the Jaguars. If he does come back.
2: Yeah. But we're not going to see bell in bell's role. He's not no. going to be a bell cow. You know, he's going to be, I, they're not going to get rid of James Conner. He's the future of the team. He's the guy's going to be there next year. Le'Veon's not going to be there next year. connor has been very good. There's, there's, in my opinion, there's only one reason they haven't just said, you know what, just get the fuck out of here, you know, do whatever you want to do. You know, and, and again, I, I don't want to sound like so pro management because from Bell's side of it, it's like, dude, you franchised me twice. Like, you know, it's this is the most risky position short. It's a short career at running back. Uh, he's killed himself for the team. He's been hurt before already. It's like either you should either give him a deal or let him go. The, the franchise was a real dick move by them. Double franchise. They're allowed franchise. to do it. Yeah. The double franchise is a dick move. Just be like, you know what? We don't want to pay you. You're running back. You're a great running back, but get 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 your mark, you know, there'll be market value somewhere. But they they prevented him from doing that. And twice. the thing is, and yet he,
1: he what he's doing now. I think he's getting bad advice from his agent. If unless he's just deciding to do this himself, we we shouldn't be so quick to blame his agent. That you know they crafted the strategy together. Maybe he's, he he was very adamant on doing this all along. We don't know this for sure, but you know I you know it, who's going to give him that contract now? I have a hard time because I think it's going to be a lot like Kaepernick in a different sort of way. No one's going to give him a big deal.
2: I don't yeah, think they're going to get made that, that comparison. I made that comparison early this year. It's like, yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, they don't want to incentivize that behavior. They don't want to be the team. That's like, Oh, you're not willing to do the double franchise. Cool. We'll, we'll pay you for it. They want the players to be compliant and obedient. Yep. So
1: don't try to break him, our system. This is our beautiful system. We have, it's a profit making machine. Don't try to right. sh- rattle the cages.
2: Right. I mean, it's it's, it's, in some ways, bigger stakes, in some ways, smaller stakes with Kaepernick. They're so invested in the NFL is America. You, know, you can't play in the NFL and be critical of anything that happens in America. That's crazy. You know, and they, they didn't want that to be something. And so they shut that down. And with bell, it won't be as dramatic, but you wonder which, which team's going to jump now, you know, there's teams that'll need a running back. And what will probably happen is either someone will sign them to a deal or Someone will lose a running back a contender, and he'll do like another one or two years he'll do another like very meager deal probably and uh, there's always there's always someone though I mean someone gave Mark Brunel a giant contract, you know so right you never know in this league probably the Browns will
1: sign another one you know that, then then they'll have to trade away uh you know Nick Chubb uh,
2: go ahead and do yeah, that maybe. too that' he that'd be so Browns like yeah he would should refuse at a principle well uh, but honestly division, i you know, I but. think that. I'm totally sympathetic to Bell. He could do whatever he wants. He may not be good advice professionally, but who cares? That's not our problem. Right. I think, uh, I think that the, our are problem is what's he going to do this year. And I don't think the Steelers are going to kick Connor to the curb. I think if anything, it's, it would be a timeshare, but they're too similar. You know, it's not like, well, Kamara and Ingram are actually similar also in some ways. Kamara's more explosive, but they're similar. Um, you, you know, you, you running backs work well in tandem. Usually when they're two different styles, you have two similar guys. It's going to be tough. And then also that, uh, I just don't think the guys who played with Connor all year, who was there, it's just not going to go over well if they just, so at best, if they come back, it's a timeshare. Right. And then, and then the reason I don't, I think they don't cut them loose and just wash their hands of it is just because I don't think they want them to sign. I think they're worried to sign with the Patriots because that's the only, that's the team that needs them. And it would, you know, they signed the Garrett blunt that year. I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously just making up stuff, but Seems like that. If you're the Steelers, that's your biggest fear of just cutting him loose. Why pay him for eight weeks or whatever? You know, why why even spend that money? Why not just go with your guy? And then I think they could trade him to the NFC or something. Though I mean, so what if they meet him in the Super Bowl? I think they'd take that deal. Trade him to the Eagles. What would it be hilarious? If they
1: trade him to the Eagles, and the Eagles flip him to the Ravens or the or the Patriots, and another deal. And then it, get the their worst nightmare comes true anyhow. That would be some ice cold shit by the Eagles if they did that. Yeah.
2: But but that could happen because they could trade him to the, you know, let's say they gave up like a, I don't know, they got like a third, you know, they got a third for him. And the Patriots like, we'll give you a second. And they were just that's like, exactly right. right. That's it. what
1: That's what I was thinking. That would be baller. Yeah. That would be hilarious. But, but,
2: but I mean, the Eagles really need a running back. I mean, Josh Adams looked okay, but they, they could really, and Le'Veon Bell would make the Eagles amazing. He'd be a really good fit. It'd be perfect timing too. Cause the Eagles are on by this week. I don't know. I think that makes a lot of sense. They were talking about McCoy to the Eagles earlier in the year and yeah, that kind I'd of way rather
1: Levy on bell. And the thing is, it makes sense. The Eagles have a need and a history of trading for a running back mid season.
2: Yeah. they did it last year and it's fine. And running backs easy to integrate and bell seems like a very smart guy. Like say what you want about this, this whole situation. He's like, he knows, he understands football very well.
1: You know, it's easy to integrate unless you're uh, Carlos Hyde on the Jaguars. Then it's not so easy. <laughs> well,
2: that was, that's one of the weirdest things. Like you trade for this guy, even though TJ Eldon's perfectly okay. Right. Who's a second round pick a few years ago. And your first round pick, who's obviously been frustrating is supposedly back right after the buy. So you don't even get him the week before the first week he plays, he gets six carries for 11 yards, two, two targets for nothing or, or barely anything. And then, you know, and then he's off and the next week. You got Yeldon and Fournette back, and what's the point of Hyde even being there?
1: No, I, it, it's, it's so bizarre. So, and, and they weren't that far behind for most of the game. It was only, until, like, only late that they started to find fall behind two scores. Once they did that, then, yeah, of course things have changed. But still, I mean, it is such a bizarre scenario there. And, yeah, his value is screwed come, if Fournette does come back. I'm still skeptical about Fournette, though. We'll see after their bye. They, they said he's probably going to come back, but... You know, he's had enough setbacks that, you know, I, I get it. That was just like a – it was a weird trade. Really weird trade, though. Um, one thing that Browns maybe have done right, although they, signing him in the first place is still weird. You know,
2: well, the other, other thing about Hyde, though, is like if you're going to trade for a running back, and Ajay maybe if he were totally healthy might have been this guy, and he was pretty good when he, got, when he came to the Eagles, you want like a game changer, right? You want Le'Veon Bell. You want Saquon Barkley. You want Kareem Hunt. Alvin Kamara. You want somebody who a three-down like David Johnson. You want a three-down back that's like you know pass catcher and just one of the best. You trade for Carlos Hyde. Like this is so. I mean, he can catch a pass, but he's just average. Why would you trade for an average back? That's where you know. That's where replacement value is everywhere. I mean, why would you? It just makes no sense.
1: It doesn't. It really doesn't. There's a whole lot of weirdness going on. A lot of more. I think there's going to be some trades by the t- uh, by the end of the day tomorrow when the trade deadline's up. Uh, the latest I'm seeing is Golden Tate is now being shopped shipped around well, or shopped around. Excuse me, uh, not being shipped around. That would be weird. But you know, I, I, I don't want. I, I don't know what the Lions are doing. I guess they're kind of I mean, that whole division's kind of there for the taking still. You know, Bears won yesterday, but the Lions lost, the Packers lost, and the Vikings lost. So
2: yeah. And the bears suck. Yeah, They don't suck, but they're just like, okay. I mean, Trubisky is, is basically Bortles. And I don't think the bears defense is as good as last year's Jaguars defense. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I still think the Packers or Vikings will win the division, but you're right. If you're the lions, that was a bad loss at home, but you still gotta, you, you gotta be competitive. They're way more, they have a way better chance than the bucks.
1: Yeah. I'll say this. There, I wonder if there's a lemon law for coaches because Matt Patricia would certainly qualify, in my opinion. I was doing the rewatch of the game, that game between our show and this, and the underrated dumb play of the week happened. So, third quarter, the uh, Seahawks are moving the ball. They're, they get, they it's third and five. They, they complete this pass to, to the tight end Vinette for about seven yards. Ruled a completion on the field. Later, it showed that He juggled it, hit the ground. But there was a penalty on the Lions, illegal contact, automatic first down. The they but because it was originally ruled a real to catch, it was going to be like 7 yards versus 5. The Lions challenged it. So they could gain 2 yards. First and 10 regardless of what the call is. Just the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
2: What what did he he obviously like didn't realize that there was a penalty. Maybe well, they so I guess like Seattle declined
1: because they thought you know because the play was good good was two yards better so we'll take the play sure and get get right. get my guy the catch and get get him the yardage, uh and if, you know sure of course. But if you, they, I guess he didn't realize after you challenged, they still have their right to accept the penalty or something. That's the only thing I can right. think of.
2: But it was right. I mean, it, not, it was dumb, he's though. He's not that stupid. There's no way he's that stupid. He, like, there is a stupid. way he's that stupid, though. I mean, there ha- no, there's, wait, wait, wait. there's no possible way Matt Patricia thinks that the two yards with the first down either way is worth a challenge. There's no way he objectively thinks that.
1: Okay, maybe not, but the alternative isn't really that flattering either. He doesn't know the rules.
2: Well, I mean, he might have just for not realized that, I mean, he should know this rule because it's kind of a common situation that once you choose to decline or, or accept a penalty that you can change your mind if the situation changes based on a review. Uh, he probably didn't realize that, I guess. I think that's the more likely explanation. Still dumb. Or even if he, re- he kind of knew that, he just sort of forgot in the moment.
1: Yeah. Of course, this is a Lions team that lost a challenge once uh, because they challenged when they weren't allowed to challenge. Uh, remember that? I think that was which coach was that that did that? Um, there was a uh, you couldn't you can't review a you can't like challenge a scoring play because it's automatically reviewed. Schwartz. It was Schwartz, and because he threw the challenge flag, the play stood by rule. They it, it didn't <laughs> even the,
2: he made the play stand. Yes, it might have been. It might have been overturned, but then there was no chance anymore.
1: Right, so that's th- funny. Yeah, that that it's on that sort of level. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a nothing play, but it says everything. You know, it's just like one of those like, oh, really, really, oh, really bad. Uh, so that that was that was that. Um, I just yeah, I just keep seeing little failures here and there. We're starting to see that separation. We're seeing some dumb stuff. I watched rewatched the New Orleans uh, Minnesota game too. There was a whole lot of craziness in that one there too. We didn't talk about uh, start like you know. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's that pick six, but there's you know where Diggs stopped the route the end up right before halftime. Or I mean right in the third quarter. Excuse me. To, right before halftime was the Thielen fumble. Plus there was a penalty on that play too. Uh, the other thing is that there, you know, after the the fumble and a recovery, uh, what's his name, uh, the failed first round pick uh, out of Mississippi, their third receiver threw his helmet, Laquan Treadwell. Yes, yes, and that added fifteen more yards. So instead of being on like the thirty three, they were on the eighteen, and then Chimere takes it down to the one on a catch, and they score the next play. I mean, it's just little stupid little things like that happen all the time. Um, then it started the third quarter. Line, uh, the Vikings had a drive. You know, they went for a fourth and one on their own end and they passed and it broke up. Fine. I don't, I have no problem with that. You know, that, that, I
2: I want to say something about this because this is a scourge in the NFL and it's beyond stupid. It's great that people are going on fourth down, but if it's fourth and one or less, if you are throwing the ball, it better be that team that you're throwing against is so fooled that even a nutless monkey could make the pass that you or me could easily make the throw to a wide open guy standing right there. Ten out of ten times,
1: at the very least, run play action. You know, and make make sure that there's the threat of a run. I see teams that run empty. You know, they run empty backfields on that. They're snapping
2: it. They're running snapping shotgun.
1: Yeah, and I I, like I I see in the college game too. Northwestern did that. They had a, a five receivers empty backfield on a fourth and one. I just unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it just, you see that happen all the time too. And you're like,
2: okay. No, no, but it's, it's fundamentally just, it's just wrong. It's you're basically making it a five yard play instead of a one yard play. Cause if you can complete, you know, a pass from three yards in the backfield to, to one yard. That's a four yard pass. So you, it's just like, why do you need to, passing is great if they're fooled, if they're not fooled, take the easy run. And it, I don't understand why the Vikings did it. I don't know why they did it. Latavius Murray was running well. Like, just give him the ball or sneak it.
1: Yeah, uh, I do have a problem when they, sometimes they jam the middle and then try to run up it. I think sometimes that, that's a poor decision. I think I've, I've commented on that a lot. Uh, where, okay, let's put more bodies in there and then try to run in there. I, that often doesn't work. I like the idea of running a normal formation. Uh, instead of, you, you know, I, or running the QB sneak, like you said, sometimes that doesn't work either, but it QB sneaks are, I mean, the success, success rate's ridiculously high.
2: Yeah. I mean, do the easiest thing. You're, you're not looking for upside. You're just looking for safety. You're just looking for an easy one yard gain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. Uh, so just thought I'd throw that out there at you. as one, one other thing about that game. Uh, there's just some dumb stuff here and there and all that. Um, you know, the, the Vikes tried an onside kick. It kind of surprised the Saints, except it went out of bounds. Um, it was like, okay, that could have worked because it wasn't like a last-ditch thing. Uh, it was late in the game, but it wasn't like the very last thing you could do. I actually I liked that, and I thought it was a decent kick. It's just you couldn't get to it, that's all. Uh, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of things like that. I, I still think the Vikes are a pretty good team. Yeah, it was a couple of big plays in that one, the fumble and then the pick six right of that because the Saints, they didn't really do much. They, you know, there's the one big play was actually a throw from Hill to Thomas and not, it wasn't, wasn't from breeze. So breezes numbers are way low. They ran the ball pretty well. They, they ground a lot of clock on like in the second half, being able to run Ingram and Kamara, having both those guys has worked
2: really well for them. Yeah, I, I, it was good. They, They really chewed the clock up. That was a, I was, I was thinking about it. That was a masterful sequence, even though I don't think they scored any points. They took up like eight minutes or something. And then eventually they punted, but it was like, that was, that was, that was it. That was the game. Yep. That's right.
1: Um, and so, uh, and you know, they could have done, I mean, they had those breaks in their favor, but they had some other things they could have done more. Like they settled for a field goal once when Kamara dropped an easy pass on third down would have been yep. a first down, uh, you know, Eli apples PI on third and seven in the end zone looked like a ball that wasn't going to be catchable. Anyhow, uh, that led to the Vikings second touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, it could have been even bigger
2: but but you're leaving out the biggest play of the game It was even bigger than the, it was bigger than the digs stopped route out. Pick six. The biggest play of the game was stealing fumbling. Oh, I said that. And I being, mentioned that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned they had a penalty, but like how big of a play that was because they were driving, they yeah. were down. No, they were up. I think they're up 13, 13 7, 10, or 13, 10, yeah, 13, yeah. 10. Yep. And they're, they they might have gone up 20 to 10 and half and they ended up down 17, 13. That is just, it's <laughs> a horrible, horrible swing. And that really just set the stage. Then the pick six and it was kind of over, but that was really, and they, they were right there and they've hung, they hung with the Rams for a while. I think that game was in LA too. I think that Thursday night game. So I think the Vikings are, are decent. That loss to the bills is inexcusable, but I think the Vikings are probably going to make the playoffs. Then I think they and the Packers will make it. And then maybe the saints and the, and the Panthers. And then only one team from the West and the East.
1: Yeah, I think they're probably right about that. What about in the AFC?
2: I mean, AFC, Pats, Chiefs, Chargers are the easy ones. Steelers, probably. Ravens, maybe. I don't know. The Ravens kind of suck. I, I'm kind of sick of them. Ravens or Bengals, maybe one of those two sneaks in. And then who the hell knows? Maybe. Oh, I guess the Texans have to make it. Did you, you say got, Chargers? Yet? I said Chargers. So you got, okay. you got Chiefs and Chargers. Only team that makes it, obviously, in the East is the Pats. Uh, and the only team that makes it in the South is probably the, probably the Texans, but Jaguars. You know who was and-
1: sneaky, decent. I still think the Colts are all right now. I mean, they're Buff- are they they're three and five right now, three and five. And yeah, they beat Buffalo and Oakland the last two weeks. So maybe I'm overreacting to that. Uh, but I think some of the games they lost earlier, they looked all right too. I thought they looked all right against the Eagles, for instance, on the road. They're ahead of the Bengals in week one in the second half. Um,
2: they beat the Redskins on the road. The Redskins suck, but it's not a bad road win. The, the thing about the Colts is I think Andrew Luck, I, I don't think people appreciate that Chuck Pagano was as bad as Jeff Fisher. I, I think people fail to realize the, uh, the negative that Chuck Pagano was. And I, I know we had an illness and you know, that, you know, we don't wish that to anybody. And obviously didn't some, some sympathy. So he didn't really get, I think, the true Jeff Fisher hatred mm-hmm. in terms of how bad of a coach he was. But I think he was terrible. I mean, every fourth down, every punt, everything he did was terrible. And now you get Reich, who might be good. And I think we're going to see Andrew Luck. And now that he's, you know, it took a little while to get back in the groove. But, but this guy was a generational prospect. And the way that he got beat up and was good and bad and up and down was what you'd expect you know, from a generational prospect put in a Jeff Fisher system. You know? And now that he's out, we may, in, in two or three years, if he can just stay healthy, and I hope he does, be like, oh, yeah, it's like the best QBs in the league are like Luck, Russell Wilson. You know, Luck is in the short list of top three QBs in the NFL.
1: It's kind of funny how we've gone full, full circle on this, right? You know, that used to be like, oh, Luck's great. Luck's great. Look at what he's doing. Eh, maybe Luck isn't so great. Look at his YPA. You know, maybe he's not that great. Oh now, oh now he's broken. He'll never come back. And now all of a sudden, oh he's good again. And they, you know, they've also, uh, you know, he's spread. Thing is, he's so good. He's spreading it around. He's not like relying on just one guy. And that's that's kind of annoying. But from a fancy perspective, but from the Colts' perspective, you gotta love it.
2: Yeah, I, I think luck. I think I mean, there's. I had serious doubts that he'd ever come back as himself. But I think when he was reasonably healthy, it was clear that he's really good and and i think he might be better even than that now that he's freed from the horrible system
1: yeah and i I, you're right and yeah i I think it's uh kind of interesting to see uh what's going to happen next the thing is it's now i have a running game with me too they have now i have an offensive
2: line wow weird strange you know just just I, i would say that the team's definitely better but all the success came against some total doormats. So let's just see what happens against a good team before we bring the offensive line and running game along with him, you know, because it may be that they're just okay. And they're just opportunistic. Right. That, that could be very well be the case. All right. Let's uh, leave it off at that.
1: Uh, anything else you want? Oh, actually, before we do that, anything else you want to say?
2: Not really. No, I think we, we covered it. Um, hope Josh Gordon goes crazy and balls tonight. And, uh, Three touchdowns the, in the uh, second
1: half after getting benched in the I,
2: I'd half. love to see it. I'd love to see it. But he's on the ropes. If he's already, you know, it's like Belichick and the Patriots, they just command so much respect that people who are fuck-ups don't fuck up on the Patriots typically. And if you're already having problems with them, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bad sign. Yeah, it is a
1: really bad sign. But he's so talented. He doesn't get cut. He just has to sit a quarter.
2: Right. They're tolerating it. you know. And maybe they just know. I think Belichick is, you know, people think he's this evil guy, or whatever, because he's mean to the media. But, um, but maybe they, they're sensitive to him. They understand that he's a different kind of guy and they're cutting him a little more slack. Yeah. And especially, hey, oh, we're going we're
1: gonna to bench you a quarter against the Bills.
2: Ooh top exactly we're 14 top. point favorites <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly now, watch the bills and keep it close and all that and then Gordon comes in and rescues and saves the day that would be yeah. uh, what a narrative that would be all right, we'll leave it at that. Thank you for uh, listening to uh, Talking Yank. Thank you to Fancy Draft for sponsoring us. Uh, and go to Fancy Draft, play their head to heads right now among their other good stuff. And of course, if you want to subscribe to Rotowire, you don't already subscribe to Rotowire and you're listening to this, God bless you. Uh, go to rotowire.com/pod. It's a free 10 day trial. There's nothing at stake. You just register. We don't we don't charge any credit card or anything like that. So rotowire.com/pod. That's it for another edition of Talking Yank. Talk to you next week.